You're listening to the Yak Brothers Fantasy Football Podcast. Hi, and welcome to the greatest fantasy football podcast show on earth. I'm Andy Yakubowski, your co-host, and the reigning and defending Steel City champion. And I'm Jimmy Yakubowski, commissioner of Steel City Fantasy Football League. And we bring you over three decades of experience and the skills to help you dominate your league. It's August 3rd, 2022, and welcome to the first episode of Season 2. Uh, we left you back in April, May with two episodes surrounding the NFL Draft. Those are great episodes to revisit before your own draft day. And tomorrow, the NFL kickstarts the preseason off with the Hall of Fame game as the Las Vegas Raiders host the Jacksonville Jaguars. Jim, are you going to be at the game there on uh, tomorrow night? Um, I mean... In spirit? I, I, I would... <laughs> I mean, the game itself, um, uh, it would be a, a pretty electric atmosphere uh, being out in Vegas. Yes. And uh, they, I know they have a lot of, uh, let's say they have a lot of a, uh, high expectations coming into this season with some acquisitions. Yes, they do. Um, so they, they, the AFC West is looking pretty stout. Um, but as far as hosting Jacksonville, um, there are a couple bright spots that I mean Jacksonville may shock some people this this yeah. season. I, but but, uh, but we keep in mind it's preseason yeah. game, you know, not really a whole lot's going to go on. But it would be still a lot of fun to be out there in Vegas. But yeah, we'll both be parked right here in South Hills, Pittsburgh. Well, Jimmy, it's been a wild off season, so let's get right to it because we have a show packed full of juicy fantasy content. This podcast show is brought to you by Pittsburgh Socialites. Want a hands-free, beautifully decorated, lit-up home for Christmas? The holiday season is right around the corner, and I know that makes you sick, but the slots are filling up fast. Pittsburgh Socialites, 100% insured, an extremely professional luxury lighting company based right here in Pittsburgh. Support local. This next segment, Jimmy, is our draft strat segment. This is where we tell everybody all our awesome hints and tips for you come draft day, you GMs out there. It's the most important day of your fantasy football year draft day but recognize it's not everything uh here are some draft hints and tips for you as your draft day approaches like i said the draft is not everything after injuries poor performances waiver wire pickups even possible trades although our league doesn't really trade ever uh you really only finish this season with 60 to 70 percent of your original roster yeah like andy said it isn't everything but it is extremely significant that you don't screw up your team right out from the gate. You need to build a solid foundation of core players that you're probably going to be in that 60 to 70%. You don't want to have to be hopeful that if you have a rolling list as far as waiver wires, oh, well, I get my opportunity at this guy or at that guy. Whenever it's your time to come up in the draft and you're keying in on a certain player, you really need to do your research to know if he's the best fit for your team. And another thing that is highly important going into draft day, really understand and know your league's scoring system inside and out. You really need to know if it's a – you know, points per reception league, PPR, standard league. That's going to really tip the scales when you're making those decisions. It's an excellent point, Jimmy. And also become all about value. 
you need to know where your group guys, the tiers, where where to group them together. Uh, this will help you determine the value of what's left to what's already taken. Don't follow the runs. Say you got a wide receiver or quarterback run going on. Don't necessarily feel like you got to grab one of those position guys just because everyone else is taking them off the board. Make sure that whoever you're getting, you're still getting value at that position. If you have kind of like a, a snowball effect of, oh, there's been you know five running backs in a row taken off the board. I really should grab the sixth guy that I've ranked on my list. And is the sixth best guy really equivalent to the first guy that was chosen? Sounds to me like you may be behind in fantasy points right out of the gate instead of really looking at value and maybe beefing up in another position. Right. It's an excellent point, Jimmy. Because if those first five running backs that are taken, if that sixth guy on your board, if you feel like you have to take the sixth guy just because he's the next on your list, maybe the tenth running back on your list is just as good as number six. So you may want to switch gears and maybe wait till the next round to grab that running back. Great, great example. Also, Jimmy, I believe that you fill your depth charts first instead of focusing on your starting lineup on your page. Basically, just get those depths at the skill positions first before you start grabbing defenses or especially a kicker, which should always be drafted last round. Depth in just to kind of rewind just a sec on value, Andy, I want to tie this kind of into depth too. Um, you're still drafting for value when you're dra- drafting depth. Your, your bench is just as critical as your starting lineup. You really want to have, you know, that handcuff, that insurance for, you know, with players in your depth that are really going to help you if you're having that injuries or poor performance occur, um, you know, things that you can't control. One thing with the value, if you're doing mock drafts this summer, become highly familiar with ADPs, the average draft position of these players. Like Andy talked about, maybe the 10th running back, might be just a couple fantasy points off the sixth best guy, um, and you could wait a round or two to draft him. Very good point. And the ADP, that value, that number, that's pretty close to what value um, that your league is going to value those guys at. And then, of course, you can uh, juggle with your own list of your own that you have tallied. Um, also, Jimmy, I want to talk about insurance. For those guys you drafted high, say rounds one through three, you want to grab your handcuff for those guys and an insurance policy so you can immediately plug those guys in and salvage as many points as possible when they go down. And odds are they will. As a matter of fact, one year I drafted Jamal Charles, first round overall, and I don't believe I grabbed his handcuff, and I don't think his handcuff was that good anyways back then. But yeah, I was last in the league that year because... You know, you put your all you put a lot of eggs in your basket in that first round, and once those guys go down, you know you're already you know ways behind everyone else. Yeah, when you're looking at insurance and you're really trying to find like the handcuff, you know, which is pretty much like the backup player on that team. Um, if you're really happy with what that offense kind of brings to the table, um, you know, oftentimes. You might not get quite equal production, but pretty damn close um, to be able to make the a proper assessment of grabbing a handcuff during a draft and actually planning for it. You won't have to try and um, you know hope and pray when you're you're on the waiver wire that somebody uh, you know steals the backup if you do run in that injury situation. 
True. And if you run a 12-man league like us, there is nobody out there available. So once a guy goes down, um, if you don't have that guy, that backup guy on your roster already, those other 11, nine guys in your league, they're going out and they're grabbing them. And chances are you're probably not going to be in line to pick them up. You'll and just he- be left out to dry. <laughs> <laughs> and even and probably at least fifty percent of the time or higher, uh, I was being kind of a, um, let's just say not so generous on that. They're probably already have been drafted in the draft as well instead of the waiver wire, right? All those handcuffs. Very true. This brings us to our next segment, Jimmy. Our top three. We're going to give you the top three guys at each skilled position. So how this is going to play out, Jim? I'm gonna li- we're gonna start with quarterback. I'm gonna list my top three quarterback guys. Then you'll list your top three quarterback guys, and then we'll discuss it before we move on to the next skilled position of running back. So Jimmy, my top three, and these are all in that order: quarterback one, Josh Allen; two, Justin Herbert; three, Joe Burrow. Okay, Andy, my top three at the quarterback position. One, Patrick Mahomes. Two, Josh Allen. Three, Joe Burrow. Wow. So Allen and Burrow are both on our top three lists for this year. So might want to key in on those two guys. I didn't put Patrick Mahomes on there because I'll actually be talking about him later in, in this, in this uh, show. So you'll definitely want to hear my opinion on Patrick Mahomes heading into this season. Um. So I'll just start off real quick with two and three. Okay, I had Allen and Burrow. Um, They've really, uh, let's just say, really secured kind of where they're at. Um, They have a lot of the the same, let's see, weaponry, kind of like the skill set around them at at the skill positions. Um, I expect them to be at play at a very high level uh, again this season. Um, Also. Even with uh, Allen, got a, a couple extra uh, chess pieces to play around with. Dalvin Cook's brother, James Cook. We have Jamison Crowder coming in from the Jets. You know, so so there's a couple uh, names that people know out there. Um, looking at Patrick Mahomes, well, take out Tyree Kill, plug in Sky Moore. Uh, I expect him to stretch the field, deep threat. They even still have McCole Hardman that can do the same. Um, you bring in Juju Smith-Schuster, can get you know a lot of the underneath and mid-level routes. You got Valdez Scantling that can actually catch deep balls. Um, I like a lot of the pieces that the Chiefs brought in for the receiving core, and the the accuracy and the arm strength of Mahomes really makes that thing go. So I expect their offense to be just as potent as it was in years past. All right, Jim, very good. Moving on to next skill position, running back. And this time I'm going to reverse the order, Jim, to make it more suspenseful. (laughs) (laughs) Number three, Derrick Henry. Yes, his return to the 2022 season. Number two, Najee Harris. Number one, my favorite guy, my franchise tag, J-Train, Jonathan Taylor. So I guess we're going in... I go reverse order too. It's so much more suspense. exciting that way, Jim. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Don't go, <laughs> don't go top to bottom. You always want to go bottom to top, right? Um, so number three on my running back list, 
Austin Eckler. Number two, Christian McCaffrey. Number one, Jonathan Taylor. Very interesting. So you believe, obviously, since he's in your top three, you believe in Christian McCaffrey's return to a dominant running back on the field again. He's back. Wow. And he's going to stay on the field this time. It's a bold statement. What's your, uh, what's the, uh, how many games are you going to play this year? All of them. All of them. Oh, he isn't missing. A, All he, 17. He will not miss a snap. Wow. Impressive. There you have it. You heard it here. He's been working hard to get back on the field. Christian McCaffrey. And if he plays an entire season, especially in PPR leagues out there, monster. Yeah. I'm I'm, I picked last this year because I won the league. I'm the reigning defending champ. I'll keep repeating that throughout this whole season. Um, So, yeah, I don't really have the option of picking up McCaffrey because obviously he's going to be taken somewhere before me. Um, So I don't have to worry about that one. About making that choice, so, but, but I mean, Jonathan Taylor is definitely the undis- a, undisputed, undisputed number one. He is, but Christian McCaffrey is such a high risk in in that regard, and how he's been the past two years. So, and yeah. uh, I really like Austin Eckler, especially in PPRs. Um, he he gets he catches out of the backfield. I believe he had twenty four touchdowns last year. Yeah, I think so. Um, I know it was around twenty something. Um, so he he was highly productive for Herbert last year and the rest of the offense. Yep. So next skill position, wide receiver. Jimmy, do you want to take this one first? Do you want to give yours top three first before me? I don't want to keep. Sure. All right. Sure. Let's go at it. All right. Good, Jim. Let's see here your top three wide receivers for the top three season. wide receivers coming into the twenty. 22-23 season. You're number three. Number three, Justin Jefferson. I have the same. Justin Jefferson is my three. Number two, Devontae Adams. Okay. Number one, Cooper Cup. Wow. Okay. I got two others, three guys. Like I said, I have also number three, Justin Jefferson of the Vikings. Two, I got Cooper Cup. And one is a guy I'm particularly excited about. Don't really like even saying his name is close to draft day. I hope people just kind of forget about him. He falls on the radar. But Jamar Chase. But it's kind of hard to forget about the guy when he's on my goddamn fancy football cover of the magazine. (laughs) (laughs) But, yeah, Jamar Chase, I think he's going to have a huge explosive year, a year of experience under his belt with Joe Burrow still under center. I just see that guy just putting up monster, monster numbers this year. Jamar Chase – he is not in my top three, but I would say he's he's close to a three T for me. Three <laughs> A. Um, we'll just pull, we'll just say three B. But I had to put Justin Jefferson uh, above him. Yeah. Um, but I feel like they're very 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 close um, as far as you know. I, if I'm putting Jamar Chase and Justin Jefferson, you know, three and four interchangeable um, with having the chemistry that they have with their quarterbacks, I'm expecting big years out of both of them. Um, and then Cooper Cup, obviously with the Breakfast Club with Matthew Stafford. <laughs> yeah, he, I expect him to. Get... I guess they got TikTok videos of Cooper Cup showing his like footwork and stuff so, at training I mean, camp. Yeah. It's ridiculous. And, and then so. with his big payday that happened, I mean, yeah. I, I don't expect them to to really miss a beat. They'll keep things going. And the other one that I mentioned, Devonte Adams, you know, reuniting with his former college quarterback Derek Carr. Yes. I'm expecting big things out of out of the Raiders. I'm pretty. I'm kind of excited to see how well, that, well how that goes. Like you have a three T or three A or whatever. I would put Devontae Adams in that category. 
Um, he's very intriguing pick. I mean, the guy lit it up at Green Bay. Um, obviously, had Aaron Rodgers. And I think Derek Carr and him are really going to make a connection this year. So if you can grab those two guys, I think stats wise, out. he leads yeah. the league as the number one receiver in the stats department since like 2016. Yeah, he's overall. He's he's pretty much the best receiver in the league. So I can't believe Green Bay let him go. So pretty wild. <laughs> <laughs> pretty wild stuff, you know. There in Green Bay. Um, I think Aaron Rodgers was shocked at that one too. <laughs> like during the headlights look. He's really gonna have to spread the ball right By the way, do you see do you see Aaron Rodgers show up at training camp day one? No. Do you see him? He had a he had a white wife beater on in blue jeans and long hair. He looked like uh Nicolas Cage from Connor. <laughs> <laughs> it's gonna be oh, a long season. That's what that tells <laughs> yeah, me. That's what it tells me today. He goes, Well, if the play's not gonna work, then maybe just show up with personality. <laughs> All right, move on to the next skill position. We have tight end. All right, Jim, you go ahead. Give us your top three in reverse order at tight end position. My uh, top three tight ends in reverse order. Number three, Darren Waller. Number two, Mark Andrews. Number one, Travis Kelsey. Very interesting. Who did you say your number three was, Jim? Darren Waller. Darren Waller. I like Waller too, but I put in number three, Dalton Schultz for the Cowboys. I think that guy is due for a, another explosive monster season. I think he's only going to get better. Two, I really like Kyle Pitts in Atlanta. There's not really a whole lot of uh, talent at wide receiver in Atlanta. There's like a big void there. And I think Kyle Pitts is going to grab a lot of those underneath throws. Also, number one, I agree. Travis Kelsey is pretty much on a whole tier and level on his own. Travis Kelsey is indisputable, the number one tight end in the league. So looking to draft him, I'd say anywhere from rounds two, definitely three, if he's not uh, taken already. And uh, another one thing there about Kelsey, uh, he wanted to take a, um, a pay cut with the Chiefs to be able to help the team out with the salary cap issues they were having. Or take a pay cut to want to stay with Mahomes. Right. <laughs> he definitely likes to stay with Mahomes. But he's not getting paid as, you know, some other tight ends that shouldn't really be receiving money like David and Joku. Yeah. I agree. Jimmy, this brings us to our boom bust sleeper for 2022. We're each going to give you a boom pick, a bust pick, and a sleeper pick for this upcoming season. All right, Jim, I'm going to kick it off with my first boom. We've mentioned him before in the show today. My first boom is Derek Carr. The guy already had, puts up good numbers, but expect him to put up great numbers. I expect him to be in top three this year. Derek Carr gets uh, Devontae Adams, Darren Waller. Josh Jacobs, I think, is up on a rise, too. There's a lot of hype around the Raiders, and I really think Derek Carr is going to be the guy under the center, being the field general that's really going to get the job done there in Las Vegas. And I would love to go out and see a game out there in Vegas. That'd be amazing. <laughs> yeah, in May or April this year? Yeah, let's go. May. <laughs> tomorrow i can organize a scrimmage yeah let's go out there tomorrow i'm gonna get on travelocity.com and get us tickets all right all right jim what boom are you gonna give our audience members i'm gonna go with a boom in the land of the land shark stadium oh. uh tua 
Tagovailoa. Wow. You got to be kidding me, Tua. 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 Wow. Tua to Tyreek. You stole my sleeper pick, Jim. Tua to That's Ty- my sleeper pick. Tua to Tyreek connection this year. Wow. And, and Waddle still. Like, I expect Tua to be highly accurate and uh, definitely uh, awesome. <laughs> Is, what, are you, what are you drinking, Jimmy? <laughs> I listened to our last shows, or season one's final episode last year, and we brought up Tua, and you just talked about TikTok videos and how he was airing the ball out and he missed his cues, and yeah, you're talking that, about how horrible hilarious. he was. Yeah, you're talking about how horrible Tua was. Those were fake videos. Now you jumped on the Tua. Those were fake videos, and yeah. I saw the real deal deep ball. Oh, recently, you recent, recently <laughs> oh, at so training you, camp. You revisit it from our conversation. Yeah. And I he, told he you. He was right on target. Well, yeah, I told you Tua is the real <laughs> deal. And just to fast forward, I was going to give you go through the bus. But, yeah, he's my sleeper pick for 2022, Tua. So we'll revisit that. We don't really need to. Tua is definitely a sleeper pick. Um, my bust for this year might shock you. But bust is basically – the way you want to look at bust is – what value and what projections that you think they have this year, what high expectations you have, and them just not hitting those expectations. And the guy I have bust this year, Patrick Mahomes. People expect those guys like Jimmy be top three this year. And with the absence of Tyreek Hill, you know, one of the arguably the best receivers in the league or top three, uh, field stretcher, McCool Hardman, Juju really have to really kind of like really step up. Uh, in a huge way and Sky Moore is a rookie and it's hard to put a lot on his shoulders so Patrick Mahomes I would say is bust this year don't look for him to be top three look for him more be like a top 10 this year and Jimmy what's your bust I'm gonna go with Nicholas Cage <laughs> Nicholas Cage <laughs> Aaron Rodgers <laughs> that's he, a good one he's gonna bust um I believe Roughly 70-some percent of the targets went to Devontae. Right. So when you say bust, I would say probably people have him framed in at probably top five quarterback. No. Off the draft board. So where no. do you think his value is going to fall to? Um, Probably. End of the season. Um, He'll probably end up like QB 15. Okay. Very if, good. If he's lucky. Wow. I mean, right now, Alan Lazard is the... WR1. And that would be a bust. If you were to take Rodgers and he ends up being QB15, that's definitely a bust. Um, moving on to sleepers. I already told you my sleeper pick. It was also Jimmy's boom. Tua Takarova. Um, Tyreek Hill, Yalen Waddle. I think he's going to get it gel in there for the Dolphins defense. Or, I mean, offense, big time. And the defense, really, because defense can just chill out in the sidelines while they're going up and down the field. <laughs> yeah, they had a pretty decent defense last year. Yeah, uh, I like the fact that I just go ahead and mention this here. I like some of the running game they brought in too. Right, you know they got some uh, versatility there. You still have that Miles Gaskin, but you have Chase Edmonds coming in town, Raheem Mostert. Right, and those guys have you know had some flash in the pan games in the past year, recent history. Um, Jimmy, your sleeper pick for twenty twenty two. Talking about my sleeper pick for twenty twenty two. I'm going to have to give a shout-out to running back, formerly from Clemson, Travis Etienne of the Jaguars. Expected a monster year out of him. That's an excellent sleeper pick. So I think that's somebody that people forgot about, you know, because he's entering, what, his second year? Supposed to play last year, got right. hurt in preseason, um, missed yeah. the whole year. That's, he's somebody that, somebody that probably people forget about. He'll slide down the charts and – 
they're expecting monster numbers out of his rookie year. So this is pretty much his rookie year again, in a way, you know? And especially so. if you're in a PPR format, I expect big things, them kind of shifting him around out of the backfield, maybe putting him in a slot. Right. Um, actually, James Robinson is supposed to not actually be on the pup list starting the season. So there is competition there with Robinson, but ETN is the better receiver of the two. Yeah, and I think a system like the Jaguars, too, I would just expect a committee system there anyways. You know, you're going to see a 50-50, 60-40 split out of them two guys. So, um, And obviously Lawrence has got a lot of comfortability with ETN from Clemson days with him. Right. Jimmy, this brings us to some of your favorite topics. Top five. We're going to give you top five offenses and Jimmy's favorite category, toxic five offenses. So we're each going to give you five offenses that you should key in on that are going to light it up up and down the field this year. So grab as many skilled players as you can off these rosters. And then we'll move on to five offenses you should completely avoid a toxic five. So if you can completely avoid all those guys on the rosters, these are sputtering, stagnant offenses that will fail, 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 fail. Mm-hmm. So Jimmy, my top five offenses, should I do it in reverse order, Jim, or should yeah, I just go one, one down? Reverse. Just keep, okay. Reverse order. So much more exciting, isn't it? Right. So Jimmy, my top five in this order. Number five, we mentioned them already. The Las Vegas Raiders at five. Four, LA Rams. Three, Cincinnati Bengals. Two, L.A. Chargers. That's two teams out of L.A. And one, the Buffalo Bills as the most explosive offense in the NFL this year. So that's my top five, Jimmy. Um, Give me your top five. Just want to hear you list them, and then we'll discuss each of our top five offenses. Or argue. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to go with... Top five offenses for this season is uh, five, the Dolphins, uh, out of Miami, that would be. Oh, those Dolphins. Yeah, those Dolphins. Oh, okay. Uh, number four, <laughs> Cincinnati Bengals. Uh, three, Buffalo Bills. Two, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And one, Kansas City Chiefs. So, Jimmy, was that just a collective five or is that in that order? In that order. Okay. Chiefs, number one. Chiefs, top. You love Mahomes. Mahomes. (laughs) So, Jimmy, I would say that uh, whatever teams we have that cross those lists there, those are probably teams that you want to grab guys off of. So Definitely should. Bills, Bengals. Did you say the Raiders too? I did not say the Raiders. I put the Dolphins in the five spot. It was a close one. Did you say the Chargers? Chargers did not make the cut. They would be be more like a, uh, like a seven. So those two teams we definitely cross-referenced to their Bills and Bengals, right? Yeah. Yeah, so Bills, Bengals. Bills, Bengals, grab those guys off those rosters because me and Jimmy both agree they are going to be explosive and I got, this year. I got excited about the Buccaneers a couple days ago just for the fact that Chris Godwin won't start the season on the pup list. Yeah. Latest, latest news there, and that's that's a big deal. Plus, with Russell Gage coming to town, Mike Evans already there. Brady Brady's still going to have a deep, you know, pretty good season there. Yeah, yeah, they'll be pretty good. I don't think they'll be in top five, but they'll they'll do fine. Uh, Jimmy, toxic five offenses. 
Again, I said these are the five offenses you should completely avoid if you can. I understand you got to fill them depth charts up, but uh, try not to pick guys off this list, okay? Jimmy, starting with number five, Toxic Five, Seattle Seahawks, four, New York Giants, back to New York again at number three, New York Jets, number two, Houston Texans, and number one, worst offense going in the season, the Chicago Bears. Okay, Andy, uh, my Toxic Five, I guess I'm actually going to agree with you for the most part with the same order. Uh, Seattle Seahawks at five. Uh, New York, they, they actually do have a few bright spots, but who's going to be throwing to them? You know, and there's there's still some concern there. Um, four, New York Giants. Again, stream concerns at the quarterback position. Uh, three, you had the New York Jets, but I don't have the Jets in my Toxic Five right now. I like a lot of their weapons that they have right now. Um, we'll see what happens with uh, Wilson there. Um, but I felt like they, they got a couple good receivers in the draft. Um I'm going to go with Cleveland Browns at three as being toxic. All right, so you're taking Jets off the list completely? Completely. Okay. And I'm going to swap and put the Browns in at three. Okay. Because, um, yeah, with uh, really not known, especially the first six games on who's going to be, who the quarterback's going to be, um, I don't have a lot of faith in the, the Browns receiving core um, outside of Amari Cooper. Um, I don't. Ex- I just don't expect big things from their team at all. I will not be selecting a Brown this year, most likely. Um, yeah, the so. combo for me, the combo of Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt in Cleveland took them off the toxic five list. If they have a, uh, you know. And did you see Chubb do that like squat video of like six hundred and ten pounds or whatever? Yeah, the, the bar is like bending over his shoulder. It was ridiculous. If they don't have a quarterback, they'll just stack the box. So they'll get chubbed down. Yeah. He may drag him two yards. But uh, two, Houston Texans, I believe they should still remain a talk, toxic five. I believe I had them in there last year. And I have zero confidence in anyone on the Chicago Bears team. So I would leave them in at uh, the number top spot. The worst offense heading into the season. Well, if you just look at, like you mentioned, the group of quarterbacks you have in this list – Justin Fields, Davis Mills. I said Zach Wilson. You're saying Cleveland doesn't have a guy. I guess it's Jacoby Brissett. In Cleveland? Yeah. No, I think it's like uh, Josh Rosen or something. I yeah. thought it was Brissett for, for a little bit. Put it this way. It's nobody, it's nobody any good. And then you got yeah, Daniel Jones in New York. He's Daniel awful. Jones. I don't know how that guy still has a starting job. And then Geno yeah. Smith is still hanging around. And he's Geno still Smith chilling out in Seattle. Him and Drew Locke with, playing, it, with playing the, around. Yeah, just with the you know absence of you know yeah. Russell Wilson going to Denver, you know you got Geno there. Yeah, I mean, so you still have just, the receiving core there, but yeah. Wilson had chemistry with Lockett. These guys don't. Um, so yeah. So if you guys don't like that, if you Toxic Five don't like what we're saying, go out there and prove it. You know, prove us wrong. You know. <laughs> Make me lose my title because I ain't drafting those guys. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Jimmy, this next segment I'm really excited about is 
pick your favorite rookie for 2022. And I listened to our show back on May 4th, uh, 2022 this year, three months ago. Um, I said, and it still remains consistent, Drake London. This guy has the speed and size heading to Atlanta. And in training camp, I hear he's just tearing it up. Um, and that place is pretty much void of talent in the wide receiver position. And I see a huge workload up for grabs for him. Once they gel and he's 100%, which it looks like he is, I see him as a big breakout player for the second half of the season. So, championship. Um, Drum fav- roll. Favorite rookie. I definitely have a couple guys competing for that top spot as a favorite. Um there might be just one guy, Jim. Yeah, there might your be your favorite. There might be like triple one T here, but I'll just throw a name out for you. George Pickens. Oh, a Steeler. That's a biased selection. Uh, definitely. Definitely. Uh, I've seen some video of him lately in training camp. Uh, you know, he's got a like six, four frame f- freakish, uh, flexibility with, uh, catchability. They catch radius, and, you know, he, uh, I heard Chase Claypool's kind of nagging a hamstring injury or some BS right now. Deontay Johnson is crying about his contract. George Pickens may uh, start the season as a WR1. Wow. it's a bold <laughs> prediction there. Yeah, Jimmy, on a side note, I listened to that show we had right after the draft. Our top three fantasy booms, I gave you Drake London, Atlanta's wide receiver, Chris Olave, wide receiver for the Saints, and Kenneth Walker the third from Seattle. I still really like those three guys heading this year. And we talked about Seattle's offense being a toxic five. But I think if there is one bright, shining spot on Seattle, it would be Kenneth Walker. Kenneth Walker. Yes. That's it. And Jimmy, you guys, the guys that you gave were Kenneth Walker also, and James Cook and Sky Moore. Sky Moore, James Cook, very close seconds to Pickens. So, Andy, as the uh, how's it feel to be the reigning champ? The reigning and defending champ. It feels amazing, Jim. I love it. So we're going to roll into our last segment titled Pick the Champ's Brain. Uh-oh. <laughs> so I'm going to give... Uh, this is going to, like, yank the trophy out of my white-knuckled hands, isn't it? <laughs> a couple uh, players that may be kind of close on the uh, people's draft boards to decide, okay, which guy should I go with? as far as fantasy output this year. So the first player comparison here this year, Andy. Okay. Um, Matthew Stafford, Russell Wilson. Matthew Stafford, already in a proven system with a proven team, defending the Super Bowl champs, like myself, defending a championship. Definitely Stafford. Garrett Wilson, Jarvis Landry. Jarvis Landry. Got to go with experience on that one. Plus, Garrett Wilson plays for the Jets. <laughs> Jameis Winston. Trevor Lawrence. Jameis Winston. The guy can throw a deep ball. They're in the dome. Much better. Trevor Lawrence plays for the Jags, and they're awful last year. They'll be better this year, but not by much. Jameis Winston. Brees Hall. Travis Etienne. Travis Etienne. Um, not because he plays for the Jags, but more because Brees Hall plays for the Jets. <laughs> so again, uh, definitely Travis Etienne. 
Uh, I think he's going to have actually a pretty decent year. Uh, I know people have a lot of hype around Brees Hall, but he plays for the Jets. Come on, people. He's not going to be that good. Sorry. The Jets are going to surprise you this year. I don't think so. Like you heard it here it. first. I'm sure my friend Tim <laughs> Rowland from college would love to see the J-E-T-S Jets do good. Jets, Jets, Jets. But I don't I don't see it happening. Sorry. They're probably getting a wild card. You heard it here. Ain't happening. <laughs> A.J. Brown. For This would be for my last one. Okay. A.J. Brown. This would be interesting. Robert Woods. Oh, I thought you were going to say A.J. Brown or Traylon Burks. Because no. of the obvious trade well, situation ro- there. I tried to go with a, a former team just to mess with the whole Brown situation, but Robert Woods yeah. did transition from he did the Rams. Now he is on Tennessee, yeah. Which the word on the street is Tannehill actually has pretty good chemistry with Robert Woods, yeah. not Burks. Yeah, I like AJ Brown more. I was never high on Woods, although he has rose above my expectations in the past. But um, AJ Brown, I think he's healthier. You think Hurts can get him the ball? Yeah, he'll get him the ball. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> he's that good yeah i mean he played for tennessee he played for tana i mean it's not really it's not like he was like playing for yeah the quarterback i'm not really high on hurts that's all i'm saying yeah i'm not either but yeah aj brown that's what i go with okay Is that it Is well, that... well that's the five wow all right said five for you so five if, this week so if you fans out there want to know uh more questions about pick the champ spring go ahead and post them on our facebook I'd like to just throw out a uh, a bonus question well, for you. Well, bonus one. Yeah, since these have been you so, viewers since are in been, for a treat. These are so fun. To By the way, if you comparison, if you are listening to this episode right now, you definitely have at least one leg up on the competition. Yeah, you you have a superior advantage. Absolutely, and every, every huge, uh, yeah. huge advantage. Definitely. Yep. Um, and not not that we're actually spelling it out for you what you should be doing, but. We definitely clued you in on things that you need to pay attention to during your draft that really help you get an edge. Absolutely. Um, so, the last one, the last pairing I'll go with here, um, Antonio Gibson, Elijah Mitchell. Um, I like Antonio Gibson more. I mean, I'm not really too crazy about either of those guys. I hope neither one of them ends up ending on my roster. But, uh, yeah, I'd have to go with Gibson with the Washington Commanders on that one. What do you uh this is like some bonus coverage here, I would say. Oh wow, this is We've like got an extra minute. Easter egg at the end of the show here. I mean, we're at the thirty eight minute mark. We were talking about maybe having a forty minute, forty to forty five. Uh just some kind of wrap up here. Yep. I know the uh there's a lot of new faces around the league, especially, you know, quarterbacks changing places and and that. Um what is your thoughts on the commanders this season? Um, you know, with the pieces they have in place. Yeah, they have Gibson and they have McKissick at running back, Carson Wentz, the new quarterback. You got McLaren still there. You got Jahan Dotson drafted, Curtis Samuel coming into town, Logan Thomas if he sells. What do you think of that commander's offense? Uh, I think the commanders will be average in all phases of the game. They're not going to be horrible. They're not going to be great. They're just going to be average in pretty much every phase of the game. So um, Carson Wentz has been kicked around from, you know, organization to organization. Once he got hurt in Philly, he hasn't been the same quarterback since. And that guy was completely explosive in Philly. Um, He was just completely outstanding. And then, you know, he's just not even a former shell of himself. But, uh, Johan Dotson for the Commanders. I really like him. 
Um, it'll be interesting to see if Wentz can somewhat get back to some kind of form. Um, His route running was amazing at Penn State. Yeah, he pretty much had a pro route running tree in college, so it'll be interesting to see if he can. I can definitely see him surpassing at least Curtis Samuel, uh, maybe McLaren too, at the end of the season, becoming the number one guy in Washington. Uh, But that being said, I do see Washington as being very average this year. So So to kind of get... You're not going to, you're not going to, listen, this is what it is. You're not going to win the league with a bunch of commanders (laughs) on your team. Okay. You may miss wearing a shirt, you know, wearing the bitch shirt or being last in the league and, you know, everybody making fun of you. You may avoid that, but if you want to be middle in the road, pick the commanders. Okay. (laughs) Well, I I swing for the fence, you know? (laughs) Well, while you're swinging for the fence, I just wanted to kind of like, uh, Revert back to one of the comparisons that we had just a moment ago, um, Stafford versus Wilson. Um, what do you think Matthew of the— Stafford versus Russell Wilson? What, yeah, you talked yeah. about the established offense with Stafford and, and Russell obviously having a change of scenery. Um, what do you think about the Broncos' offense, and you know, do you feel like Russell can gain chemistry with a lot of the receiving core there pretty quickly? Or what's their season kind of going to look like? I mean, they have Cortland Sutton, Tim Patrick, KJ Hamler, Jerry Judy. They they definitely have a receiving core that's that's pretty formidable. Um, they do, but those guys really aren't really proven guys really either. Cortland Sutton and Jerry Judy, um, they haven't really had over the top of careers. Because when I'm talking about fantasy football, I'm not talking about guys that are going to go out there and win football games. I'm talking about guys that are going to blow it out of the water for you, and make you win games week to week. Would you say scoring. that's – was that an issue in Denver because of their own doing, or is it because of the quarterback that was – that they had to, you know, deal yeah. with at that time, or would they have performed better um, with another quarterback? They definitely are getting an upgrade in Russell Wilson. Um, he is coming from a run-heavy system in Seattle – so it'll be interesting to see if he can kind of, you know, be more of a, you know, aerial quarterback throwing the ball, airing the ball out. Um, you know how they have that QB skills challenge before the yeah. Pro Bowl? Yeah. Russell on that was just freaking lights out accurate. Oh, yeah. And the, and the, you know, trying to hit each target and stuff like that. Yeah. It, it, I'm pretty excited to see him in a non-run heavy system. See how it goes. Yeah. It should be interesting because um, the guy definitely probably has a chip on his shoulder with the way things went down in Seattle, and he's got a new face. And there's a lot of people that are pretty much high on Russell Wilson being in Denver. To to be honest, I might watch every AFC West game this year. Really? I think they're gonna they are the most stacked division in football right now. Yeah, because you got the Broncos, the Chargers. Raiders Chiefs, it's yeah. go, it's going to be exciting to watch. Yeah, it's going to be pretty exciting to watch those four teams. And Especially some, the somebody's not going to make the playoffs in that division. I couldn't tell you who because they're all pretty strong. Broncos. <laughs> the Broncos ain't going to make it. Hmm. They're not going to be able to rise above the Chargers. Uh, I hear in a lot of circles that the uh, Raiders might be the ones getting snubbed. No. Nah. Now, nah, Raiders definitely make the playoffs this year. That's for sure. May not win the division, but definitely get a wild card at the very least. But, I mean, all four teams definitely have, of any division, great quarterback play. Right. Because you got Justin Herbert, Derek Carr, Russell Wilson, Patrick Mahomes. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So the AFC North up here in Pittsburgh, we got what? 
We have Mitch Trubisky. Joe Burrow. Well, we don't know yet who's going to be the quarterback under center for Pittsburgh. From yet. what I hear, it's Trubisky. At It'll least probably be getting Trubisky. getting it first shot. Yeah, yeah most yeah. likely Trubisky. Then you got Joe Burrow, Lamar Jackson, mm-hmm. and then eventually week seven you'll have Deshaun Watson. Right. So that's a pretty elite crop there too. Yeah. Know? I'm just talking yeah. about all four teams with that crop. Yeah. The AFC but West those four already teams has are pretty. It. I mean, Mitchell Trubisky. I mean, he's not. He was stellar in Chicago. Yeah, you know? it's tough to make a call on him because uh, you know he was stuck in Chicago, right? More or less, and then obviously he's but back. He was, but he's he was, backing up Josh Allen last year. Yeah, he was a former first round pick. He was. I good think in he Chicago, was right? uh, fourth overall. He had some. He put up some numbers. I remember Adam. So I mean, this might be his first like real shot this year. Yeah, when he was in Chicago, he was a solid QB two quarterback. I mean, I would not start him as a QB one, but if you're in a two quarterback system in a league that offers that Mitchell Trubisky was good for Chicago he actually you put up your points has mobility too yeah obviously they talk about Kenny Pickett and mobility and that right I'm excited to see a quarterback that actually has mobility this year yeah it's exciting (laughs) it's really exciting see a guy that can move around and also um I really think it's going to be exciting seeing the quarterback battle in Pittsburgh with Trubisky and Pickett those two going head-to-head because the other guys really aren't on the radar at all I don't even need to mention their names, but um, yeah, it's exciting. I'm a big Pickett fan, but I'd be okay seeing him, you know, on the bench and just learning the system, learning the, learning the team, you know. If you had to actually, in your opinion, as the reigning champ, Kenny Pickett, ADP, what do you think? Where do you think his value lies right now? What What would be an acceptable average draft position? I would say Kenny Pickett would fall somewhere between, I'd say like 95. That's where he'd fall. Okay, so, so you're talking in a 12-man league. Yeah. He should probably be off the board by around 8. 8 to 10, yeah. Especially if you're in some sort of dynasty format league, I would say grab him somewhere around 8 to 10. Okay. You know. What about Cause, Trubisky? Because he's a guy about the same. About the same. They around the drafted around the same time. Yeah, I'd probably list Pickett as like a QB three, maybe, and and Trubisky more like a QB two. Um, okay. But it just it just depends because uh, where you're kind of like structuring your team. Are you building for the start? Are you building for the end? If you're building for the end, then right, Trubisky and Pickett so are so players guys, like Deshaun know. Watson and DeAndre Hopkins that are going to be suspended like six games. Where are their ADPs? Would would Deshaun be behind them? Right around the same mix. Around eight. Around, same, around eight. They go around the same time. Yeah, because of the suspensions. What about Hopkins? Yeah, he's probably isn't playing till what game six. Yeah, and his play was poor before own. he got suspended. So I'd probably put him somewhere off your wide receiver list. Probably WR two, maybe top thirty wide receivers, mm-hmm. top twenty five maybe for Hopkins. Because Kyler Murray, they gave him that huge contract, but apparently they made in that contract that he has to watch four hours of tape per night. Because I guess they have a problem with him like watching a lot nice. of Netflix and playing video games. <laughs> well, it's nice that he has some, uh, you know, Marquise Brown comes to town. He used to yeah. play at Oklahoma with them, so that's that's some chemistry there, I suppose. Yeah, we'll see what happens, you know. <laughs> so, yeah, it'll be interesting to see. So, just to pick your brain, Jimmy, I'd like to hear. 
How about your pick? Would you rather have Kyler Murray or Deshaun Watson week seven? Um, week seven, because obviously I guess that's when Watson's playing. Unfortunately, he's playing the Ravens that week. But um, overall, um, I have zero. Faith. Say overall, week seven moving forward. Yeah, right. So zero. I mean, that might be a little harsh, but I'm just going to say I have zero interest in Kyler Murray being on my team. Well, the reason I lumped those two guys together, they both got mega, huge, huge 200-plus Kyler Murray contracts. really fell off the second half of the season last he was year. Awful. He was like I was extremely disappointed, so I'd awful. rather have Deshaun Watson on my team. Really? Okay. Even though he's playing for the Browns. Don't like the Browns okay. at all, um, but I I really didn't like um, the regression that I saw from Kyler Murray last year. Okay. So even though he's on the Browns, you'd rather have Deshaun Watson over Kyler Murray week seven forward. Correct. On. Okay. Correct. So at that time, the Browns might fall off on my toxic five, but the first <laughs> six weeks, they're definitely toxic. Yeah. Interesting. I'd still probably go with Kyler Murray over Deshaun Watson. Just because I don't have a whole lot of faith in in uh, the whole situation, um, yeah, I just I just see him getting injured and just not really doing a whole lot in Cleveland with all that guaranteed money and the off the field issues. So, but but this concludes our episode. We're at about the forty nine minute mark here. Mm-hmm. A great fifty minute show for you guys. We'll be back a couple days before Week One's kickoff to help you set your lineups and dominate your league. Also, be sure to hop on Facebook page, Yak Brothers Fantasy Football Podcast Show, for any news or updates. Hit that like button and it helps our show grow a lot more. Uh, we'll invite you to our Yak Brothers private fan group uh, where you can ask us questions directly. Our podcast can be found on almost every podcast app now. So tell your family and friends we're on Apple's iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, Podcast Addict, Botchaser, Player FM, and a whole lot more. Good luck, everybody. Uh, all you league uh, owners out there and your drafts this summer um, over the course of the next month. And uh, we will be seeing you in September. Yes, we'll see you September 7th. That's the day before the NFL season kicks off on Thursday, September 8th, where the LA Rams host the Buffalo Bills. That'll be one heck of a game. So I'll be sure to tune in to that one. Um, also, if you have any questions about your upcoming drafts, you can tweet us on Twitter at the Yak Brothers, or you can also find us on our Facebook page and ask us any questions that you have as you can pick the champ's brain. Pick the champ's brain.